This is Locked in the Green Room, episode 13, and today I'm chatting to Paul Moran. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm chatting to Paul Moran. He is the piano player, Hammond organ player, and uh, musical director and trumpet player for Van Morrison. He does a lot of stuff. He's played with a lot of different people. Um, he's also, you know, he started as a jazz musician and he's a very interesting dude. Really nice to chat to him about how he's been spending his time writing music and enjoying playing the trumpet. All right. How is life treating you? Yeah, life's like in this very, very strange time that we're living in. It's okay. It's, uh, I must admit, it's good days and bad days, really. There's, there's days when I'm kind of crawling the walls and yeah. not quite so motivated. And then there's other days when I'm really getting stuck into uh, my current writing project, which is a, a, an Ibiza Chill um, album. Ah, okay. Uh, with heavy jazz overtones. Ah. Um, I think you were talking so, about that to me last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really well into the thick of that now and really enjoying it. Um, ah. So, yeah, so so, fo- so focusing on that, also looking at um, a couple of fresh arrangements for, for Van when we finally get back together again. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like everybody else, all Van Morrison's dates have been moved around, so... Nobody's on the road right now. Yeah. So uh, everything's been moved to back end of this year, and and in fact, four dates came in today from the office for middle of next year. So mm. plans are afoot for us all to resume back to normality, I suppose. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure whether we ever will get totally back to normality. Be honest with you, it's. I think it could have kind of lasting effects. Yeah. This whole process. Yeah. You know. Certainly, certainly, re- re-evaluation of society in certain areas. I think. Yeah. Does it? Um. Did, have you found that it's made you um do any re-evaluation at all? Well, I've I've done quite a lot of thinking about what's going on. Um, <laughs> there's some interesting theories going on out there. There's, uh, uh, the my re-evaluation really is. Um, I'm not a socialist at all. I'm a capitalist, but yeah. I do think, um, as most people realise now, the people that are on the front line, and that would be policemen and firemen and everything, not just nurses and doctors, should be paid more and valued more. Yeah. You know? um, and I think coming out of this, that will probably be addressed. Um, the 10 years of austerity probably hasn't really worked apart from a select few. Yeah. And top end of the FT and index, um, so uh, you know, and and what this has shown up is is that uh, all those years of uh, under investment um, in the health service, etc., etc., um, are really, um, <laughs> really, really biting us in the ass now, you know. So so yeah, so so yeah, I do think I also think it's interesting. People are so clearly living from month to month, a lot of families, Mm. even people with the two BMWs and the nice semi and all that. These people are living on the edge, hopped up to their bloody eyeballs to have all the fancy gear. Yeah. And and it just takes something like this and the whole lot comes crashing down. Yeah. 
And I think people have to start thinking about how they bloody spend their money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and putting a bit away just in case and stuff, you know, which I think, I know a lot of people aren't in that luxurious position of being able to do that and can't help living from week to week. And my heart mm-hmm. goes out to those people. And I've been there, you know, I, I was a poor struggling musician and I know what it's like to go to McDonald's in London in uh, in in Leicester Square, actually, when I was playing in the, the covers band at the Empire, that was my first live gig when I moved to London. And uh, I got my first publishing deal, and that was what kept me alive and paid my rent yeah. in my bed. And uh, I, I literally would go into McDonald's um, and and count the coins in my pocket to see whether I could have, could afford a cheeseburger or an ordinary burger. Yeah. That might sound like a joke. But it, I was that poor, yeah. you know. So um, I kind of know, you know, I know how that can be. But once once you start making a few beans, I think you people have got to look past the nose end, really. Yeah, musicians, you know especially. what I mean, and musicians as well. I mean, yeah, 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 especially for us. But like I say, like we were saying just before we went on air, it is our our game is so precarious as is actors and dancers most performers really we are kind of used to the insecurity yeah, yeah. i think people who work in offices and what have you who are used to you know the pension and the all the rest of it and used to that security although i know there isn't any jobs for life anymore but still yeah. in that business sector there is a security when you've got a steady job and you know for i guess for people in our game it's kind of this is just like it could be just a bad patch where you haven't got any kids yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you didn't acquit yourself too well at Ronnie's the other night. <laughs> I wonder, I don't know if I have had like, I wonder if it's been, this might be the longest period that I've not had anything for a while. Like this, yeah, I think we've, I've passed the point of it being just a bit of a, like just a bit, a bit like a, sl- a slow. Yeah, yeah, a bit of a slow. And yeah, suddenly yeah. it's like, wow, this is, you know, this is a real, a real slow one. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, what um, what have you what have you been doing to keep yourself sane? Then keep yourself going, keep yourself. Well, musical? well, like I like I say, I, I, I try and uh, even though I'm an old fart now, I, I do I, I try and go out and do an hour's run every day. Yeah. Um, I, um, I cancelled my um, membership of uh, the gym. Yeah. Funny enough, a couple of months before this happened because I was just on the road so much and busier, which I just wasn't getting there. So I'm, and so it was always my intention to just start running again and doing some weights at home and stuff. So so that so I, I kind of religiously do that to try and keep myself, you know, reasonably fit. Yeah. And um yeah, it's uh, I'm probably eating a few more stacks and a few more chocolate bars than I normally would. Yeah. I must say I'm treating myself. Yeah. Odd, uh, I think you're not alone. In the odd G and T or five. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a problem. I think the the drinking, eh? Because like I, I literally now I'm drinking more than ever. Like I, I never usually drink this much, but I'm, de- well, you know, I, I'm a, I tend to be. I don't know about you, my brother. I tend to be a social drinker. Uh-huh. You know, people yeah. kind. I think people think because I'm kind of very, very much a people's person when I'm out and enjoy mixing with people that they think that's what I'm. That's me. But there's, there's an extremely private side of me and. And, and when I'm at home, actually, I'm I'm not a big drinker. I'm a yeah. social drinker, me. I, I I wouldn't normally just 
oh, I'll pour myself a scotch yeah. and, and watch the box. I wouldn't normally do that. Yeah. It would be a cup of tea, yeah. to be honest with you. you know? um, but I suppose you know, when people are in this sort of scenario, and I think especially people with you know, couples or people with, with kids and stuff, and there's a sort of stress release that probably goes along with that as well. Yeah. <laughs> you probably think, right, the kids are in bed. Let's get them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I mean, for me, I'm. I. But you know, I'm. I'm definitely drinking more, and it's. And I sort of see it as like this. It's like a thing to look forward to at the end of the day. You're just like, oh, you know, and then I'll have my little beer, and then it'll be, you know, then I've got, then I, then I've completed my day. And I, but I don't think yeah. it's a good thing. I'm not saying yeah. it's a good thing. I well, just... yeah, I think I, uh, I think I think I invented the concept of, of self rewarding. <laughs> when I finished. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Oh God, that trust right. Mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, man. Um, so, have you, you have you been you've been working on music then? In yeah, mainly okay. mainly music, mainly music. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have some business interests. I own a, a, a few properties and stuff, so there's always businessy things to do yeah. and, and stuff. And that doesn't really change, um, I suppose. But um, but yeah, I'm focusing on music more than anything, um, really. Yeah, very much, very much so. And what what are you what specifically are you focusing on? Well, like I say, the, the the project that I'm writing now, I'm I'm real excited about because it is it is jazz. You yeah. know, uh, most most of the chill out club stuff is jazz, hmm. um, but it, it's just the way it's produced and the drum loops and the the whole ambience that you're creating yeah. for that genre. Um, and it's and it's I really enjoy it. I went over to Ibiza uh, four years ago. Um, on a couple of occasions, and I was just fascinated with the whole scene. And I was impressed with clubs like Pasha, and the, and the the um, quality of the production of the music was absolutely off the scale. Yeah. You know, uh, and um, you know, I, I I know it's a million miles away from Van Morrison, but I've always diversified with my musical career. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't just do one thing, you know. Yeah. As uh, much it, it it always comes back to jazz for me because I'm a jazz musician, but. I love to I love to step into different arenas, you know. I don't like to just lock into one thing, yeah. you know. Um, in fact, in the early nineties, I did a hell of a lot of drum and bass stuff with a producer called Mike Bennett, yeah. and he would pull artists like Toya in and people like yeah. that, and have them doing tracks. And we had we had a ball over at Bucks Music in Notting Hill Gate at the time, and um, yeah, it's I just I enjoy that, and the, and then I put a tux on and play with the Johnny Howard band and do it do a function <laughs> at the Grove House on the night. It was nuts, really, when I look back on it. But I don't know. I, I, I've just never had a problem stepping in and out of yeah. different parts. It doesn't bother me, you know. So does that mean that in, in this circumstance, it's, you're pretty well set up then? Actually, you're quite you know because you've got you can just go straight into right bang i can i can do some production i don't i've not got gigs but i love production yeah. that's what i do and and it's something it's part of your life yeah exactly and which then, is and bedroom then, work this, isn't it? well hopefully like when studio this, work when this drops i'll hopefully be able to to market it and get it out and mm. and do all the usual stuff that um, I think people are still trying to do stuff now and get stuff out, but they're post postponing the launch of big movies. Under the Bond movies being put by, and 
different things, which kind of makes sense. You can't really have a red carpet do at the Odeon unless they're square at the moment, can you? <laughs> no. So, so uh, I suppose everything's a bit on hold. I think it's that whole limbo thing that kind of feels a bit weird for me, you know. Yeah. And and it does feel strange sometimes getting out of bed in the morning. And it's just like if you don't structure the day yourself, there's n- there's no real meaning because you don't have to be somewhere at a certain yeah. time. Yeah. I, I must I must admit I have noticed a, a little bit of a change with me feeling um, less stressed. Yeah. I can really feel that. And I would imagine for I mean obviously I know the financial hit isn't great for anybody any of us of course not. But from a stress point of view which we know is a killer uh, I reckon a lot of people will probably be in a bizarre way benefiting from this breather. Yeah. Yeah, who might have been on the edge of a heart attack, you know? Yeah, no, I do agree with you. With high pressure jobs, you know. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. As I as I go in and further and further into this, I completely, uh, I'm completely with you, man. Like I, are you, uh, are, you re- are you kind of reevaluating things maybe for how you conduct your life when we come out of this? I don't even know if I'm like reevalu. I'm actually just. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I haven't reevaluated. I don't think. Maybe I have. Maybe I've very briefly thought to myself, you know, do you want to do that? Do you miss that? But, yeah. Um, right. For me, it's not been so much of a reevaluation. It's been a time to to work out what I want to what I want to play. So I guess that does a little. It is a little bit, but it's basically yeah, yeah. got this time, and you're like, right, okay, what makes me excited? What do I want to work on? And 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 that's. For me, that's been very nice, and I, 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 I like just I, you know, actually, part of me, I love gigging. Gigging is one of, is like you know probably the main thing. But after yeah. gigging, for me, it's practice. The rest of it, I, I don't, I don't mind. I actually don't really, I'm, I, you know, I don't get that much out of the social side of things. I quite like. I really love doing the gig, and then I like to go and practice. <laughs> that's that's basically where I'm yeah. at. So wow. I've lost like one thing, but I get loads of time to practice, and it's it's, it's fun, man. That's for me, it's fun. Sometimes though, you know, I'm saying that that's a good that's a good day today. I'm having a good day, but yesterday I woke up and I was like, "What am I doing? Why am I practicing? What are we doing this for?" You know, it's, it's yeah. swings it goes round and round. I know. Well, exactly. It's it's like you know, like keeping my lip in on the trumpet, and then it's like, well, why? why not? <laughs> yeah. Bloody three months, yeah. but but at the same time you've got to have you. It also for me it just seems like there's something missing in the day. Yeah. If I don't do any practicing, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I've got to do. I've got to do something. You know? Yeah. So uh, so yeah so it's um, yeah it's, uh, for for me for, in my <laughs> my dad would be if, if my dad had this my dad's a professional musician as well. And he's one of the most natural musicians I've ever known in my life. And I'm not just saying that because he's my father. He's yeah. extremely gifted. And he's one of these people you can just go to a music shop and pick any instrument up and yeah. get a song out of it. He's never yeah. played it in his life. He, he just he just gobsmacks me, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah. And uh, and and because, and because he's so, he, because he's got so much natural ability, he's an auto auto saxon clarinet player. Yeah. And and plays organ as well. He but he. He he 
had an adversity to practicing. I know he practiced real hard when he was younger, yeah. but he, you know he, he he kills me. My dad, he would he would much rather go to a car showroom and and and, and check out all the new motors and yeah. <laughs> and probably probably foolishly purchase what a trade is in. Yeah, the do two hours wood shedding in the bedroom. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that was that was what my old man had a, a totally different concept. Yeah, it worked for him. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. My grandfather's exactly the same. I asked him because really? my grandfather's in lockdown, obviously, and I uh, he's a jazz clarinet player. Is and he? I, you know, I call I call him maybe once every couple of days and chat, ask him, you know, work out just to see what he's done up to. I say, you've been practicing, Granddad? And he's like, no, no, no. I can't be bothered. I don't do that. I did that. I finished. I can't be bothered. I finished that. It's just like, no worries. He's just happy to watch, re-watch cricket, actually. He just watched, he's just watching reruns of cricket. He's happy with that. All right, well, actually, funny enough, Todd, uh, you, you, we met, I mentioned uh, listening to Noel Gallagher talking on Talk Sport um, when we were off here, and... He was he was struggling to motivate himself after a two week spurt of writing. He said, "Yeah, uh, at the beginning of it all, <coughs> finishing a few songs off there, he started thinking." Yeah, but he was saying he was watching the reruns of the cricket. Mm. Oh right, okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and he's not, and he's a big footy fan. He's a Man City fan. We spent most of the time talking about football. Yeah, but he, he did he did say he was watching some of the uh, some of the old cricket stuff now. But that's how desperate it's getting. You <laughs> see, when footy fans are. Watching cricket. Yeah, Noel Gallagher's <laughs> watching cricket. What's what's going on, man? That says it all, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, we're fucked. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so, what? Uh, what are you? Um, yeah, like what? What's what's the what's your like day? What do you do? So you're saying about um, you know giving yourself a a structure. How do you do that? What do you do? Yeah, Gerald, take take about 110 vitamins. Um, try to have a healthy sort of breakfast, you know, uh, and and then um, I'll go to the office, do my emails, and then I'll probably uh, get the old shorts on and go for a run. So you go running, you you go for the for the exercise pretty quick. Pretty quick, yeah, kind of. But I'm saying pretty quick. By the time I've got all that sorted, it's like midday. Okay. So it's kind of like round about then. Yeah. <clears throat> midday one or something. Get that done, then come back. Get showered, feel human, and then um, then I'll stick Cubase on and start looking at doing some writing. Get all the gear on and start looking at uh, just getting back into the project. You know. Uh huh. And so, <coughs> do you find that the that that you're writing that it's it's it you, it it's difficult to write for long periods of time like this? Because I know that if you, if you do a lot of writing like this, you must spend big chunks of time writing and then you must at some point get out of that and then appear in some sort of social situation or perhaps go well, out somewhere. It was really apart from, um, you know, phone calls and, um, you know, FaceTimes and stuff. It's, <clears throat> none of us have got any, any, any social really have in that respect. Yeah. You so know, what, I guess what, the high the highlight, the highlight of the day is uh, go to Marks and Sparks, you know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so you keep, that's the thing so, is. So, so there might, there might, there might be a day actually, you know, when I when I decide not to write and I'll, I'll mainly do a bit of woodshedding on yeah. the piano and the, and the horn and then and then I'll maybe maybe make a bit of a treat out of out of 
um, go down do a beer shop and yeah shop and stuff like that and 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 just break the day up yeah you know um, but yeah but I'm always looking to you know the, to to get to get things done that I normally wouldn't have time to do yeah um, you know um, I think I spoke to you about wanting to do more more um, more uh, j- j- uh, jazz gigs with my with my Hammond mm. bass band, yeah. um, <clears throat> which you, I'm sure, you will guess upon at some point. Um, and um, uh, so you're working think, on on that, on that well, at the moment. Now, well, now would be a, probably a, now is probably a good time for me to be um, perhaps approaching a few people and. Looking, looking to putting something in place for the future, you know. Yeah. Obviously, anything that I do has to has to fit in with what I'm doing with Van, and has to be on dates when I'm not on tour and stuff. Yeah. So, um, so you know, obviously, it's a, it's a kind of little bit of a liquid situation right now, but aye, aye. It's, it's it's probably it's probably a good time. Same for you with your with your projects as well. You yeah. Know? Um, it's probably a good time to keep in touch at least with your promoters and what have you and uh, venues and and you know because this isn't going to last forever I think it, I, I think you kind of get start to feel like this is the norm but it's not it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna slowly change but I, but like I said to you earlier I don't think it's just gonna suddenly happen you know I think no. it'll be gr- quite gradual and I don't know whether people will get back to where they where they were before, they might approach things a little bit differently, you know. Mm. Really don't. It's a. It's how how does anybody know? I'm a, we're crystal balls away at the jewelers at the moment. So <laughs> exactly what's going on. Yeah, I think I actually you know I think that the hardest part for musicians is actually going to be because I think we're going to be the last people that go back to work or some of the last people because could be because yeah, it's the social aspect. I'm not even sure whether people are going to be happy about going to really busy pubs shoulder to shoulder yeah. anymore. Yeah, so I I feel like we're going to be the last people who go to work, or I mean, maybe not not everybody, not all of us, but there will be. I think musicians will be some of the last people, and I think it's going to be difficult for musicians to bait when we're in when we're in one of those halfway points. You know, when it's like sort of when everyone's back to work and everyone's sort of like factories are back, people are still people are sort of allowed to go to the office. But they're still not opening bars. Perhaps that's when that's when musicians are going to be feeling like, for God's sake, this yeah, is yeah. so annoying, you know, because everyone's out, everyone's forgotten about it. But that's what I'm a bit worried about. But I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't want to spread yeah. anything. Well, you know, at the same time, um, you know, when th- when when things are bad, I mean, you. You, you, you look back at World War Two and Glenn Miller playing when the bombs are coming down yeah. and stuff in the open air and stuff and I guess everybody needs cheering up don't they and they turn to music and that is true there's going to be a lot of parties so there's going to be a hell of a lot of parties so we might end up doing quite a few privates yeah <laughs> a few big swanky houses in Totteridge Lane might be having uh, big bands in you never know that's true I, you know I think we're probably all going to have to get Perhaps we should all be getting ready to play very happy music. I don't know because there's a lot of mu- a lot of us out there who perhaps play intense music or play music that's somber and plays music that's sad. I feel like we're probably all gonna have to. Everybody's get gonna. To, 
get ourselves a, a pre a post lockdown set, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's going to have to get that Aga Bilk songbook out. <laughs> <laughs> My granddad would like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll start playing trad. That's it. We'll, we'll all be, everybody will be uh, switched on from that from that moment. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, no. Seriously, though, I think you're right. You know, commercial music will be where it's at initially. Yeah. You know, whether whether it's uh, pop or, or rock or yeah. or trad jazz or whatever. But like you say, I think it. I think uplifting music's what we what we we'll, what we'll need. Yeah. And it's funny, you know. I sometimes look at the, there's a there's a great radio uh, TV station now, <clears throat> now seventies, uh-huh. and um, they play some they play some really good old stuff from the disco era, you know. Yeah. And I unashamedly love disco music, and I, I don't care. There was a period where people were frightened to admit it, <laughs> but when you when when you analyse disco music. It, it was a form of dance music that had every genre of musicality covered. Yeah. If you looked at some, if you looked at an, uh, my favorite band of all time is Earth, Wind, and Fire. I yeah. don't mind, uh, so I'll say that right now. And if you listen to their albums, I was lucky enough to see them live in 1990, and at the Albert Hall, the Royal Albert Hall, they were absolutely astonishing. And um, if you listen to their tracks, you've got. Great arrangements, great songs, great string arrangements, mm. great production, great vocals, great everything. Yeah. With with one of those bands and a great groove, rhythm sections without click, that are just so locked in. Yeah. You you listen to your Harvey Masons and guys like that who could just set a groove down and it was, you could set your watch by it. Yeah. And, but everybody locked in, you know. Man, disco uh, and, strings are super oh, hard. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. So, it's, it's, it, it, it was it was a killer era if you if you uh, arrangements and, yeah. and, uh, and it was a particular style of arranging, of course. I mean, for strings, uh, for string writing, it's all about violins. Yeah, there's hardly any cello or viola at all. It's all it's all violins. Yeah, and it's all um, really high up. All high end, all high end. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 interesting the actual um, genre of it. But if the, for me the difference between that that whole evolution of dance music, if you listen to most disco music, it's really uplifting. Yeah. If you listen to a Shalimar track or an Earth Wind and Fire track or whoever you care to mention, it's there's a lot of major keys as well. Strangely. Mm. Um, but it's real uplifting, and you know you just want to get up and groove it. It just makes you feel like getting out of your seat. Yeah. And what I find with uh, not all of today's dance music, but a lot of dance music, and especially that whole underground club scene, we just talked about Pasha and drum and bass and what have you. And a lot of it's quite dark. And then obviously you've got the whole rap scene, which is, you know, very negative when you think of the nature of a lot of the lyrics. So you so that so then you're talking about. A, 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 a genre of dance music that might still have great drum loops and kick it up the ass, but it's it hasn't got that uplifting vibe. The happiness thing, yeah. No, maybe yeah. it's because you've got to be you know off your box on on gear, 
<laughs> you know, um, which 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 is which is which is uh, which obviously went along with the whole rave scene and the yeah. whole drum and bass scene. You know, the gear and doing drugs and and and, and the music were were one really. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, it's when you analyse it in the cold out of day when you're not off your tits or whatever, and just compare it. Yeah. With a jumping, marvelous. Marvelously produced Earth, Wind, and Fire track. It's night and day. Yeah, how it makes you feel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. True. If you take, if you remove the, if you remove, you know, being stoned or whatever out of it, and just say, right, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? To yeah. me, it's like day, but it might be just because I don't get it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you see, you must get it to some degree because you, you know, you you make a lot of that music. And you, you make you know you you make club. You're talking about playing, you know, play, liking a beast music from a beast yeah. and making yeah. that music. So you must get it to some degree. But you, cool. you, so you you can have a preference, or you can have you, even that's not even a preference. That's you just making decisions about how it makes you feel. Sometimes you, you might not want to feel happy. Go up well, all this the time. time. Well, yeah, you would. This time, this times. Well, yeah, this times when you want to just put a put a moody miles track on and you yeah. don't want to be uplifted at all yeah you know? but but um so obviously it goes with your feeling you might want to put some piece of Vorjak on or something yeah. and just get not i don't know but but um you know if we're just talking purely about about eras yeah. and i think that's and I, and I think it's reflective in society isn't it you know because it was a whole different world then. Where, where that music was spawned was such a, a lighter vibe. Yeah. I, I, I lived through that. A lot of, probably a lot of people on this podcast listening in are, are a lot younger than me and, and didn't live through that. I was only a kid in the in the seventies anyway. But but um, that whole that whole seventies thing. I was a teenager in the seventies. You know, I was a kid in the late sixties. Yeah. So <clears throat> so. That whole seventies and early eighties thing, you know, it was. Even though there were, even though there were strikes and, you know, all sorts of nonsense going on with the economy and the Labour government and the fights in, in Parliament and all that, and but you look at you look at all the new music that came out that time it was just so creative. Yeah. You know, you had funk, you had disco, you had punk rock. You had heavy rock, you had metal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all this stuff was all just coming up, yeah. and it was brand new. Yeah, it wasn't people copying each other. Yeah. It was like this is brand spanking new. Yeah, it wasn't people sampling shit and yeah, you know this is like happening now. Yeah, it was an amazingly creative time. You mm. know, yeah, seventy. You know, and it was reflected in that kind of carefree attitude people had then. And I think I think the world's a lot more serious now, really. Too, you know, yeah. it's, it's 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 a, it's an awful lot better, and we've made massive strides in all sorts of areas. So in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, it's a, a far better world. But but I, I do miss that spontaneity and and slight naughtiness and 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 just just people were kind of light, a bit lighter. I think you know, I would just say. I think you know, and you know, but and, and and but I do believe that things go around in cycles. Perhaps Aye. so we'll we'll maybe come round to that again. 
Well, hopefully. Things, things have a kind, a kind of tend to rebalance themselves eventually, don't they? You know. Well, I imagine but, after this, everyone's just going to be like, "Fuck it." You know? It could be part. <laughs> it could be party central, could it? After this, man, I, I I can't imagine anything else. If you if you ever want a good reason to like, you know, go for a party, yeah. it's uh, yeah. it's well, this. The square of D, you know, I mean, it's going to be the same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be like. Yeah. Okay, let's go, baby. Yeah. Although, you know, we're all going to be skint, so. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. We'll just have to be could on. Be the... couple, could yeah. be a couple of cans of special. Really. Aye, just, but, uh... we'll all be on the strong beers, you know. We'll just buy a couple of cans of strong ones and then we'll have a great night. <laughs> so, um, just a couple more things before we, before we finish up. What um, Have you been, have you, like, Found yourself drawn to anything, any like new music at all whilst you've been on lockdown? Have you found, have you found a new thing, a new a new thing that's that you've got fixated on at all? I haven't really, to be honest with you. Is or is it been sort of delving into the stuff that you you love? Is that I, I tend to do that? Yeah. Is it, yeah. And for me, for me, it's a bit like comfort food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about comfort eating and comfort drinking. It's true. You know. You know, it's a it's a bit a bit it's a bit like comfort food for me, and it and it's like you know, you know, I'm gonna go and put, you know, some of my favorite Oscar Peterson on or whatever. Yeah. If I want if I want to kind of drag myself out of the doldrums, you know. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny is there's a lot of a lot of the stuff <coughs> that's like coming out in the. About coronavirus and about our lockdown, a lot of it's all based on like. So, what new skill are you gonna, you know, get into? And you're you're gonna co- you should come out of lockdown with a new blah blah blah. And it's like, well, no, no, I shouldn't do that. Maybe I just want to, you know, just enjoy myself in my room with my stuff that I like and listen to some stuff exactly. that I like. Yeah, yeah. No, um, just uh, it was a sort of question, wondering if you know, because I guess. People do people do different things. I actually have found myself. I've been getting really heavily into like Indian music. I've just been really enjoying it. Getting up in the morning, just sort of listening to it, uh, doing a bit of practice with it as well. Um, but you know, really it's... In the area all the quarter tone stuff now, all those incredible scales and stuff. I've never really got into Indian music. Yeah, Maynard Ferguson got massively into it for a while. Oh really? Mm. Oh, um, that is that is really interesting. I want to check. He did a he did a fantastic album. Check it out called uh, Maynard Ferguson Live and Well in London. Mm. And he had a British band uh, at the time. It was all British lads. He was on, the only young, and it, it was featured guys like Alan Skidmore on on, on saxophone yeah. and, and people like that. And um, a very very hot band. That's a great album actually. But there's a few of the tracks start with sitar. Ah, okay. I, I man, I've got to check that out. That'd be really he, interesting. He, 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 he actually went over there. He got into it yeah. for a while. Yeah. Interestingly. So yeah, that's a really interesting area. Yeah. But to I, look at. I, I, I what, did have what, an interest what already. To it, Matt. Say that again. Sorry. What what switched you into it? What what made you? Hey, I'm going to delve a bit further. Well, I already had an interest. I actually went to I went to India at the big start of the year. And I studied some music with it with a, with a teacher who I'm actually still studying with over Skype at the moment. And then oh. you know, so I was sort of like enjoying practicing it anyway, or just I, certainly enjoying listening to a lot of it. And then sure. when this came in, so I guess it's not a new thing for me really, but it's just it's like a th- it's just a thing that I've 
just brought just put my attention to you know so something to do in this in this room <laughs> but um yeah yeah I've, I've always loved it i really like i really like Ravi Shankar CDs are... yeah there's i mean Ravi Shankar is amazing like i, I really he is yeah. yeah he was he was he was a really amazing dude and it was actually supposed to be it's a real shame it was supposed to be his centenary is it maybe 100 years i don't know what it was there was supposed to be a big uh, Ravi Shankar concert at the Royal Albert Hall with mm. his with his daughter um like his two daughters like Anushka Shankar and what's the singer called I, I, I can't remember the singer no. you Nora Jones Oh is Nora Jones oh Nora Jones is Nora Jones is his his daughter Hey I didn't even know that Yeah I I oh, mean that. I only found that out a little while ago but yeah she is Nora Jones is Ravi Shankar's daughter wow now yeah. there's something um, but yeah, it's supposed to be a big. Talk concert. about Indian music as well. I just um, a name sprung to mind: uh, Herbie Mann. Okay. The the uh, famous jazz flautist. Ah. But he but he um, his stuff's heavily influenced some ah, okay. of it by um, far eastern stuff. Ah, cool. Yeah. Are you familiar with any of his work? Nope. Herbie Mann. Herbie Mann. Check Great flautist. Ah, nice. Great flautist. Yeah, I'll check it out. But yeah, yeah, a lot of tablers and different instruments and, mm. you know. Um, Van, Van actually in, in the early 80s as well. In fact, 1980, live at Montreux. Um, that's that's one of my favorite bands that Van ever had. Um, he had Peter Van Hoog on, on, who's a producer now, on drums. And uh, a guy called Dayud on Indian ah. uh, kit. Right. And he, so he had two drums. Ah. Two drummers. Um, and I got to know Dayud. I did a week's recording with him in Philadelphia at his studio in his home. Um, fantastic guy. Um, but that was such a creative band. Pee uh, Wee Ellis on, on tenor sax and ah. um, yeah, some real heavyweights yeah. uh, in the band. Uh, wonderful, wonderful band. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, so, so I guess, I guess. You know, it's no surprise that someone as creative as Van would look into those areas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I but mean, it, it's, it, it's a fascinating area that whole far eastern thing, isn't it? Yeah, they just, in India they they well the Indian music they they look at you know they look at well there's no harmony really uh, as such in the same way that we see harmony. You know, they, they don't they're not always uh, having to bother themselves about whether you can make chords out of scales. So if you don't have to worry about making chords out of scales, then your scales can be as great. You can have as many scales as you want. And they can be, as you like. Yeah, there's, there's, you, can, you can have as many semitones in them as you want because actually that's the issue is if you've got too many semitones in a scale, you, your chords are going to sound absolutely terrible. They're not gonna, it's not going to work out. But this is the thing is they don't they don't they don't really have to make chords as such so they, you know the chords do exist they do imply things and you hear things and you're like that sounds like a yeah. change but it's not really yeah. and that's the thing and suddenly there's a wide open world and it's it's a lot deeper than that i mean i'm i'm sort yeah, of, of course. That's saying one fun. side of it yeah. but and then the rhythmic side of it they have a real um i was talking to a good friend of mine who's been studying it for a long time he says they've got a really good like three dimensional way of of thinking about rhythm, you know, we think of rhythm one, two, three, four, and we're like, yeah, no worries. And I guess you've got a bit of three in there and, you know, you can do a bit of odd time stuff, but a lot of the time we, we think of things in a very one dimensional, two dimensional yeah. way, but they, yeah. they will look at rhythm from 
every aspect and they'll put it into they'll they'll put things in there that you never that you would think are obvious but we, we just would never have thought about them because we haven't we don't think about it i guess in the same way you don't think in, in that within that frame yeah yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. a it's a real it's a real interesting world it's quite it's quite fun to delve into but um so i'll i'll just uh quickly say i should quickly ask you last question uh what's what's your what's your weekend looking like what are you gonna do Oh man, you know, I just—I thought I'd go to the match, you know, <laughs> and have a drink afterwards. Um, there's two people playing playing in the park, you know, down the road. So, no, see, no, seriously, it'll be—I actually lose track of what day it is. Yes, yeah, so do I. <laughs> every day is pretty much the same, if I'm totally honest. So it won't be tomorrow. Definitely won't be much different in a day. I might have a bit more to drink. Yeah. So you, you're not differentiating between week and weekend then? You're just sort of like, ah, we've really? got... I'm just plowing through yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. I wonder how long you're going to last with that, eh? Do you reckon you'll be able to do that for just indefinitely? Like I say, about uh, areas of my life, the, especially the, the daytime side of it, it's probably so bloody boring. It's... it's <laughs> The inner, the inner, the inner drastic chase. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, but uh, no, it's yeah, it's like it's, you said, it's just like a, we've just got, we've got to keep, try and keep our heads together, stay productive. Yeah, and because we will come out of it, and you want to be ready when we do come out of it. Yeah, we're going to hit it, hit them right between the bloody eyes. <laughs> and yeah, so let's good. let's do it. There'll be a lot of good music. That's that's for sure. There will. Okay, for man. Sure. Be nice to chat to you, and uh, I hope you stay safe. I hope your family stays safe, and yeah, oh, all this. nice to yours. nice to do it. I'm yeah. I just all the best to all the listeners as well out there. I hope yeah. everybody's well and not uh, not crawling up the walls yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that everybody is going in between being great <coughs> and having a really terrible time, and it's just yeah. in, uh, always between the two. It's fluctuating between the yeah. two. I, <laughs> I agree totally. Yeah. All right, man. Well, okay. let's, let's do it. Let's do it again soon, man. Yes, let's do it. Nice to okay. chat. Okay. Thanks for listening to Locked in the Green Room. You're listening to me, Matt Holborn, and Paul Moran, the MD for Van Morrison. Uh, if you're enjoying these podcasts, please give us a subscribe on however you're listening to this. Uh, I don't know where you're listening from, but uh, yeah, please subscribe to us. Um, also, give us a little rating on iTunes. It really helps us come up and it helps uh, other people hear these uh, interesting interviews. Okay, thanks very much for listening and uh, hope to see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.